if you could choose, who would you rather have playing on an island, playing cornerback for USC? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, what are we? We are free. And I really want to say thanks a lot uh, for coming along. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done it yet, I need you to hit that red subscribe button. It means a whole heck of a lot to the show. And to all of you who already have a very sincere Thank you so very, very much. This episode of Locked on USC is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, so I was kind of tooling around the interwebs on the internet and looking for some stories, some notes, something that kind of pique my interest, and I saw a story, and it was talking about primetime Deion Sanders and his 47 new additions to Colorado's roster so far. And by the way, that's just one more than Arizona State has done so far uh, heading into the 2023 season. Both programs, new head coaches, Colorado, primetime Deion Sanders, Arizona State, Kenny Dillingham, the Offensive coordinator from Oregon, who uh, I think he just finished puberty. He's going to be the youngest head coach in college football, 32 years old. Congratulations. Anyways, uh, they've had 46 transfer portal guys. Last year, we know Lincoln Riley uh, did a whole bunch of portal shuffling, and he's doing it again in year two. Not quite as much so far as last year. Uh, so, you know, USC is still transfer you, baby. Or or maybe uh, Colorado and ASU are, are, are coming after that that mantle, so to speak, that, that trophy. Look, it, I, when I say transfer you, again, it's, it's sarcasm, being facetious. Have some fun with this. But there's some truth in there. You can see that if you want to build a program and you want to turn something around right away, there is a giant toolbox out there to use. And if you use it the right way, like the Riley showed, you can take a 4-18 and and turn it into an 11-3 team in less than a year. So we're going to be talking about that more, I'm sure. Now, here's the thing. Um, So one of the things that uh, Deion Sanders has been doing, and he's, uh, he's... obviously bringing in a lot of transfer players. Most of those guys so far are from his Jackson State uh, squad. However, he has brought over uh, one of those guys as a five-star, Travis Hunter, cornerback, athlete. Uh, and he also just flipped. He's about to get a commitment from Cormani McLean, another five-star cornerback who was originally committed to uh, Miami or Florida or maybe both. Regardless, um, he's going to be a Colorado Buffalo. That's two five stars. That's not bad. Dion is going to recruit very well, no doubt about it. 
so this is what I saw in the story. Quote, Colorado might have the best cornerback duo in the entire conference, if not the country. And it's completely because of Deion Sanders being there. Uh, this is from Adam Gorney, who was uh, the rivals, uh, I don't know, recruiting analyst guru. He told this to USA Today Sports. So that's where I saw it. Um, I could not disagree more with that assessment. Number one, one hasn't played a down of college football yet, Cormani McLean. And the other one played at Jackson State and very talented, but he's taking a giant step up. We're going to see if he is worth that five-star ranking. Both of them. As far as Cormani McLean, he said this, quote, in my position, I play defensive back. Coach Prime is the best DB, so I just want to be in the same shoes. That's what Cormani said back on January 19th. Well, USC has, so let me just throw out these, uh, let me throw out these four names, and you tell me who you would want as your starting duo, and which you think is better. Damani Jackson, Travis Hunter, Cormani McLean, Christian Roland Wallace. So we know that Travis Hunter and Cormani McLean are the five stars heading to Colorado. We know Damani Jackson, if you're a USC fan, you better recognize that name. Five-star, number one cornerback, plays at USC. Christian Roland Wallace, I don't care what his ranking is. He's got years of college experience, and he's really good. And I'm not just basing that on what, what he did against USC, although that would be enough. So for, I know people like to use hyperbole. I use it on occasion myself. But to say that a, a true sophomore and a incoming freshman are going to be the best cornerback duo in the country is insanely hyperbolic. And like I said, who would you prefer to have? There's a lot of potential with those two guys. But there's a heck of a lot of potential with Damani Jackson. I mean, he's got world-class speed. He's big. He's strong. And I mentioned Christian Roland Wallace. But I'm, like I said, I'm not denying those two talent that uh, those two's talent who are heading over to Boulder. And Deion Sanders knows how to play the position. He knows how to coach it. Uh, I'm not sure I'd want him teaching anybody how to tackle at least the intricacies of it. I don't think that was uh, his strong point <laughs> in college or in the NFL. But, uh, you know, sometimes when you're that good, you know, you, you can mask your, your weaknesses. And quarterbacks really didn't test Dion too much. He was that good. <clears throat> but like I mentioned, so... You've got Damani, the number one guy in his class, world-class speed, size, uh, CRW, Christian Roland Walls, proven capabilities in the Power Five conference. And again, that's for me, that's where the difference is made up in those subjective recruiting rankings uh, that everybody loves to gravitate and hold on to. Uh, you know, recently, I've been talking about USC's defense and how it can improve. So one area that I think it's going to be better this year is going to be in the secondary. So now you know why I brought this story up. 
if I'm penciling in Damani and CRW, <coughs> excuse me, as your starters, <coughs> I think the the two deep, the backups are going to be Jacoby Covington and Sia Wright. And that's a pretty good two deep if you think about it, because last year Sia was starting. Uh, but he was starting opposite Makai Blackman, who was moving on to the NFL. But by the end of the year, Jacoby Covington had replaced Sia Wright in that rotation. Uh, Covington's the more physical of the two. And as like I said, he by the end of last year, he had moved up the depth chart. I remember Jacoby, I was talking this over with uh, someone else recently at a seven-on-seven seven event in Arizona a few years ago. And he really, you know, he really caught my eye, as did uh, Kelly Ringo was on that same team, oh, by the way. So it was a, it was a really talented group. I think the third player was um, Ransom, Lathan Ransom. He went to Ohio State. It was a really talented seven-on-seven seven team that I was watching in Arizona. But here you go. Jacoby Covington, full circle, went to Washington. Now he's at USC. Uh, behind those guys, you've got Fabian Ross, Joshua Jackson Jr., who at one point was starting in 2021 before he got hurt. You got Prophet Brown, Adonis Odie. What's going to happen with him? I saw a tweet recently from him. I'm not sure what that means. I do know that he's going to be graduating. Maybe that's what it was about. One player I'd like to see maybe move over to the cornerback and give a shot, Latrell McCutcheon. He plays nickel now, but he's not the biggest dude, not the most physical, and when you're playing inside like that, you need somebody who you can rely on to be a good tackler. With his speed, his twitchiness, I'd like to see him try out the cornerback spot. Just saying. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Anyways, you can agree or disagree with my cardinal gold glasses, but I definitely do not agree that a, a true sophomore that was at Jackson State last year, albeit a very talented athlete in Travis Jackson, Travis Hunter, excuse me, and an incoming true freshman, Cormani McLean, you can't say that they are going to be the best duo cornerback in the country this year because Deion Sanders is going to be coaching them. Sorry. I understand you, you're trying to make a point. They're going to be really good in the future. Maybe that's the, maybe you forgot to mention that part. Anyways, um, <laughs> I just, I, like I said, I thought that was uh, an interesting story. And sometimes the devil is, you know, it could be in the details. You kind of got to peel back the layers a little bit. And we're going to, we're going to peel back the layers a little bit in our next segment about USC and UCLA heading over to the Big Ten. But first, head on over to FanDuel.com. The NFL, well, the Super Bowl is upon us. And I, by the way, it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be fantastic. Philadelphia versus Kansas City. Two great young quarterbacks, dynamic. We're really excited about our new sports part, betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. If you're a new customer, you join today. You're going to get $150 in free bets guaranteed. And that's going to happen when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player prop bets. 
Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout in a same game parlay. So you can do all this on this on one app. It's really safe, it's secure, and it's say it again, super easy to use. So, football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. So, by the way, you know, we got USC's got a couple of players heading over to the uh, into the NFL draft, the combine. But right now, the Senior Bowl is going on. I know Makai Blackman's out there. So is Locked On. You can get the inside analysis from the hosts that cover the NFL's next generation in college, and you can find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing, all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. I mentioned the devil is in the details. Well, we're talking about hand warmers, sideline parker parkas, sideline gloves, rain gloves, rain clipboards. All those were listed as, as items that uh, USC and UCLA should consider purchasing. So check hand warmers, check sideline parkas, check sideline gloves, rain gloves. Uh, oh, by the way, you will see, you guys have enough rain clipboards. The big is going to, what's happening here is the, the big conference is making sure that USC and UCLA are prepared when they join their conference in 2024. And they're going to hold their hand uh, along the way in this transition period. Mostly they're going to hold UCLA's hand uh, because, you know, UCLA is, they have different financial difficulties compared to USC's financial difficulties. And I use that term very loosely. Uh, you know, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes uh, that is going to be needed, that is going to be needed to be taken care of before uh, both schools officially join the big conference. Well, they are official members, but they will start partaking in events, playing in competition in 2024. So there's a checklist that needs to uh, be taken care of, so to speak. And one of the things that's going on right now is they're looking into different ways for scheduling games. And this uh, came out in a document that was obtained by the ON3 network Tuesday from UCLA through a public records request. Uh, and it's going to, you know, it sheds a little bit of insight into the conference's potential approach to scheduling. I'm talking about the, the Big Ten, the Big 16, whatever, eight, however many teams are going to be in there. Um, Big Ten SVP of television, senior VP of television, media analytics and emerging platforms, Carrie Kenny sent the document in an email to UCLA athletic director, Martin German last August. One idea included in the info sheet is multiple team events at the same location. Those events could be held on campus or at neutral site, 
near major airports such as Chicago, Detroit, Indianapolis, and Minneapolis. The potential for on-campus events could include identifying, quote, one or two campuses per year, rotating year over year, to allow multiple teams in the same sport to compete in multiple games at the same location on a single trip, according to the info sheet. Quote, this could apply across the conference, not just to USC and UCLA. It states that campus sites are the preferred option versus neutral sites. The potential multiple team events could be part of a regular season schedule rotations or, quote, as in many season, as in as many in-season tournaments that would be created to drive additional exposure and competition, end quote. It's a mouthful. So, obviously, this isn't going to apply to football. Uh, that's a that's a Saturday event, and the big, um, yeah, they play some Thursday and Friday night games. However, Saturdays are made for football. So, what this email that was going around, I think it, it it's going to involve more of the uh, arena Olympic sports. The document states. Quote, the conference will work strategically with both UCLA and USC to determine a maximum, minimum preference of away trips on a sport-by-sport -sport basis. The Big Ten plans to sequence the Big Ten plans to sequence schedules to allow for schools to play multiple row games on the same trip. So again, this probably is geared toward you know those Olympic sports, you know, maybe soccer, baseball, softball. Uh, I guess a perfect example would be, you know, baseball. They could play at Indiana and Purdue uh, on the same trip. So they would spend a week out there and, you know, you make up the, your schoolwork by doing a lot of Zoom stuff. So there's going to be some, there's going to be some trade-offs here and there. And again, they're kind of in the exploratory uh, aspect of it right now, trying to figure out how, how this will work out best. Um, there was an email from a UCL from a UCLA assistant athletic director who's in charge of travel operations. Said the commercial tra travel time to Champaign, Illinois, is nine hours when factoring in rental cars from Chicago's O'Hare International Airport, and then it's eight, almost nine hours, eight and three quarters hours to fly commercially to Rutgers, according to the email. A trip to Michigan was calculated to be seven and three quarters hours, and Wisconsin is nine and a half hours via commercial air travel. For reference, um, the email said that when UCLA would travel to Oregon State, it would be a seven and a half hour trip, Washington State, uh, almost 10, nine and three quarters. But those two trips don't affect, include the time zone changes. The Big Ten could also schedule programs at UCLA and USC to travel to the same region of the country if the two schools are willing to share charter flights, according to the document, the conference will explore using travel partners, quote, where competition schedules permit, end quote, and resources offered by Big Ten memberships may allow for more efficient transportation options. So last week, I mentioned that the big conference made some suggestions for Galen Center. Uh, UCLA I apparently received a checklist of their own. 
uh, that they're going to need to pack up for, including the following recommendations. If you remember, I, you know, I, I don't what I don't know necessarily what these suggestions were for Galen Center. I have an idea. I'll see if I can dive dive into it and find out. But here is what the recommendations are for UCLA's travel. And I have a feeling this has to do with football specifically. Um, that. <laughs> The note said every athlete and staff member should receive a parka in 2024, and the athletes should all get a good piece of Nike luggage, end quote. I'm not sure what that meant, but uh, keep the stuff dry, I'm assuming. UCLA's equipment department said the athletic department should increase its spending on non-Nike items because the, the equipment department staffers said there are better cold gear options, especially for outdoor Olympic sports, according to the notes. Athletes will have to athletes will have two sweatsuits for travel. Uh, one that's thick and another that's lightweight. So I'm sure USC got the same email. Interesting enough, USC is a Nike school. Uh, wonder you know if all of their winter or cold gear will be Nike. Interesting. Uh, as I mentioned, there were several suggestions specific to football. Quote, Midwest grass is different than West Coast grass, so taking care of getting detachable cleats for all football student-athletes. Uh, the note suggested buying heated benches and, and fans so that UCLA can avoid the rental expenses for those items. Let me just point out, this is an advantage for USC. They've been making this trip every other year to the Midwest for Notre Dame uh, for, for almost a century now. So I don't believe, um, I, I don't think USC rents any of their equipment uh, that they end up trucking across the country. Speaking of, of trucking across the country, uh, the notes addressed UCLA's driver's issues with UCLA's equipment truck. Because all road games will require two drivers, quote, uh, the note suggested buying a new rig or trailer and making sure it's good for cross-country trips. <laughs> I'm sure they're just uh, being very specific, right? In other words, uh, don't get any of that. Don't bring any of that California electric vehicle stuff with you. It's not going to work. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Or maybe not. In the document, it said in an attached email, prior to meeting with representatives from the California Legislative Analyst Office, in which both the sender and recipients were redacted, by the way, these names were kept out of the email, I'm not sure why, one talking point addressed, quote, the reasoning behind UCLA's decision to leave the Pac-12 as fiscal reasoning, positive impacts on our student-athletes, end quote. I think everyone agrees. USC and UCLA are both leaving the pack for more money. They had to. So these types of issues aren't coming. Talk about renting equipment. Uh, UCLA is going to be able to afford a new truck. They're going to be able to afford all this stuff that they're being asked to buy. Um, and like I said, they want to make sure they have a truck that is going to be able to get there. And, you know, 
There's a reason why uh, we're saying make sure that you got two drivers and it can handle cross-country trips. Not sure what they're what they're trying to say, but they're saying something. Once USC leaves the Pac-12, they're gone for good. We got one more year. Same thing with UCLA. But what about players who jump into the portal, the transfer portal? Are they going to be welcomed back uh, on the roster with Lincoln Riley as their head coach? We're going to talk about that next. But first, are you still looking for that delicious treat, but you don't want all that fat and calories? Then you got to try a built bar. Look, I'm not sure how successful I'm doing with my healthy eating, um, but I know the goal is to eat a little bit healthier. And so if you're like me and you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I have got just the thing for you. You got to try built. With built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't even think they're good for you. They're the perfect New Year's resolution. And what makes built so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond. And I'm not sure how built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar. And they do it while maintaining the, their macros. You get 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. That's a lot of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about how you can go to Built.com and order them. Well, now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You're going to pick up a, bo a four-bar box of the cookies and cream, double chocolate, or the coconut puffs. Or if you're near Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box with their with their hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. I said, tell me, you can thank me later. So I mentioned um, the transfer poll. Are players going to be allowed to come back? Well, one player has taken himself out of the transfer portal. USC defensive lineman Colin Mobley has withdrawn his name from the portal, according to On Threes, Matt Zinitz. And Colin still has multiple years of eligibility remaining. I think he still has three more years. Four if he gets the COVID year. Actually, no, he wouldn't because he was a 2021 recruit. Um, he played at, just to remind everybody, he played at DeMatha in Maryland, DeMatha Catholic. He was a three-star. And um, last year, he was sidelined pretty much the entire season with an undisclosed injury. I, he didn't play at all to my memory. I don't remember seeing I don't even remember seeing him suit up, to be honest with you. But now he's back, and USC needs big bodies inside. So uh, I guess the question is, is he going to stay past spring camp? Is this his tryout camp? You know, kind of similar to how Solomon Tuliao Pupu uh, Solo kept his dream alive to be a Trojan. And by the way, he'll be back again this year. Fantastic. Uh, during the offseason, you know, USC brought in through the transfer portal from the University of Arizona, Kion Bars. They have returning Stanley Taofo, uh, Jamar Sakona, and Earl Barquette. 
uh, who transferred in from TCU last year. Now, Stanley got a lot of playing time. Jamar got some spot action. Earl had a handful of plays in the season. That was it. So that's four guys. There's not a lot of depth. And, you know, there would have been less depth without Colin. So the fact that uh, he came back, it's interesting. I wonder if he was asked to come back or he did this on his own. Um, but with those guys that I've mentioned, you know that Kyan's going to play. You have a pretty good idea that Jamar's going to play. Stanley, I don't know if he's going to continue to play over the ball. He might slide him out to defensive tackle. Do, do you move Tyrone Tulaney over the ball? He, he's quick for a guy his size, but he's not your ideal candidate you know, to put over the nose over the ball either. So it's just interesting that Colin is coming back. He's taking himself out of the transfer portal. I'm excited. Love for him to be able to prove to the staff, hey, I belong on this roster. Maybe that's what's going to happen. It's a second tryout, so to speak. We'll find out. As I mentioned, USC is already over their um, 85-man limit. So we'll see what shakes out after spring. <clears throat> All right, that's another episode of Locked on USC in the books. Tomorrow is, uh, if you're watching this on Wednesday, is whatever intense signing day. We'll find out if my predictions are right. I've got Roderick Pleasant, and that's it. I don't think Deuce Robinson is going to be making an announcement. He's kind of weighing his baseball options still. So. I'll be back with another episode of Locked on USC, but until then, everyone, you kind of know what to do, right?